don't even know the address. 66 Harborview Road. Hello, hello, and welcome to 66 Harborview Road, a podcast dedicated to ABC's General Hospital. I'm your host, Caitlin, and in today's episode, we are going to talk about where we are now in Port Charles as of February 21st, 2024. It's been about a month since I've been on here last. I am so sorry about that. I was sick on and off for the past couple of weeks. Feel like I'm still fighting something back. Uh, But here we are. I also was able to get a copy of John Lindstrom's book, Hollywood Hustle, courtesy of Crooked Lane Books. Thank you so much for sending this to me. I cannot wait to read it and update you guys on how great it is already read the back synopsis of it. It sounds fantastic. I can't wait. Okay, let's hop into GH. We did see a new face in Port Charles over the past few weeks, and that is John Jagger Cates. Now, of course, whenever they recast an actor in a role that we have seen before, we have to have the other characters around them automatically recognize who they are. When Jordan and Anna were trying their own thing and Jagger busts in, I had no idea what was going on until Anna said, Jagger? Now, I know the name Jagger from the 90s. I have not seen a lot of his particular storylines. From what I do know, uh, Jagger and Jason were frenemies over Karen. And I know that Karen worked for Sonny and had been turned onto drugs as told by Scott Baldwin, who loves to throw it in Sonny's face almost every chance he gets. So I do know that there is a sordid history. I am surprised that Jagger kind of gave Sonny a warning anyway. Now, Sonny is in deep right now. I don't think we've had like a big mob story like this in a while. And honestly, I'm here for it. When I first started watching GH, it was very mob heavy. So that's kind of what I'm used to. But Sonny is shaken right now. He has now found out that Michael originally hired Dex to take him down. Then everyone changed their minds. Carly got involved and they started paying Dex to protect Sonny. So Carly claims that because Sonny loves Jocelyn, he let Dex just sort of disappear, run away. Those scenes between Jocelyn and Sonny were so good because this is not the first time Jocelyn has pretty much hated Sonny. Sonny had her father deported. Sonny has made Jocelyn's life difficult and she's over it. She wants a normal life. It's tough. I mean, Sonny has made it so that every single person in Port Charles is at risk for organized crime. Now, on the opposite end of the spectrum, we have Dante, who has been teetering this gray line between the law and illegal activity for a little bit now, but I am starting to see it become more and more gray. The way Dante showed up to Sonny's to discuss the police investigation and how, oh, we think that this person is actually targeting multiple mob families. Like, there is somebody going after every single mob organization. But here's where my ideas start churning. Who is the shooter? Who is behind it? Dante told Sonny that it's definitely more than one person. It must be some kind of agency or another family. Uh, There are some fans out there who think Jason is involved since he is going to be coming back. 
Is he the one taking out all these mob people because he sees from afar that Sonny is in trouble? Or is it somebody, a villain, that we've seen before? Is there a villain out there that we really miss? I know for me personally, I would love to see Lorenzo Alcazar again. I would love to see Faith Roscoe. I mean, you could clearly tell I've been watching GH since the 2000s because I'm naming all of the early 2000s villains. Uh, but you know what? Another contender, Jerry Jacks. He he has been a perfect villain since day one. How he got away with how he got away with the Metro Court hostage crisis and was able to go on to date Alexis for a little bit. I, I mean, how he pulled that off. That's why he's great. So as law enforcement is getting more information about these shootings and this mob activity, Jordan goes over to tell Curtis all about it. Curtis is steadily recovering. I'm glad that they're not making him walk right away. That would be a little bit too soap opera-y where it's, you know, get the surgery, then you're up the next day running a marathon. So I'm glad they're taking their time with Curtis. Also, I really thought that Curtis was going to take Jordan up on her offer to be a part of this investigation. He said no, but he was also having flashbacks to his conversation with Sonny. Then tells Portia after Jordan leaves that he should go tell Selena Wu about what law enforcement knows as a courtesy because even though she tried to take his club, she didn't. So he needs to extend a courtesy. Portia was right in that moment to be upset with Curtis. He is acting like he is friends with Selena Wu and he's not. Sure, you were getting a cut, but that was because you didn't have a choice but to have her poker games in the back. So why he's trying to extend this courtesy, I don't know. Maybe he's telling Portia one thing, but really in his mind, he's like, I have to stay on everyone's good side because I've already been compromised once. We also had some really nice scenes of Curtis and Trina talking about grief, talking about Spencer. Trina is just so heartbroken. And, you know, to compare to real world, Trina should take all the time she needs. What she went through was very traumatic. There is no reason why she has to make a decision on returning to school in the fall or or whenever. I would love to keep seeing Trina at the gallery with Ava. I'm sure with Trina's connections between Ava and her people, her mom being an esteemed doctor, whatever internship she had, I'm sure can be held. Or she would be at the top of the list for like the next year that they run it. But this does free her up for some great youth storylines. I mean, Jocelyn wants to go find Dex. Maybe Trina should go with her. Let's see some more of that like best girlfriend stuff. I love it. It's far too often on soap operas where they have women pitted against each other all the time. It's really great to see friendships. I know it's tough for soaps. Um, There's such a large cast, especially on General Hospital. It's really hard to keep up with every single character. So I hope the change in writers brings us more context into characters and not just leaning on them to elevate someone else. Like how Taggart was brought on to be Trina's father, but only to make Curtis a father. Now he's off drinking and we have no updates. Same thing happened with Portia's brother, Zeke. We saw him for a while. Everybody loved him. And then we haven't seen him since. I was really expecting him to be integrated into show into the show and become another character. Maybe we'll get that later. 
But as of now, it looks like they're trying to strengthen the family connection with Curtis, Portia, Trina, Marshall, and Stella. Oh, which brings me to, so Marshall had a doctor's appointment. We all kind of knew for a long time now that Marshall really doesn't have schizophrenia, but what is going on? Just like he told Stella, if that's not what it was all the way back then, then what was it? And how was Marshall connected to when Joey Novak got beat up? The show made it a point to film Marshall like peering out from behind a corner or something with Joey Novak, and then the next scene was Joey in the hospital. So how is that connected, or are we just dropping that? Sometimes I wish the writers would send us in the audience a list of things that we're expected to drop. (laughs) So getting deeper into organized crime, Anna and Jordan and Laura's plan is to try and get Cyrus involved. Now, to catch everyone up on Cyrus, if you haven't been already, he decided he is going to start a radio show called Searching with Cyrus, where he will help listeners or callers or whoever, I guess, find religion, find themselves, find their souls. I'm not sure exactly. But Laura is keen on listening to every single word to decipher it. Now, I believe there is technology out there that uh, somebody can just set it so Cyrus's radio show records. Some other program can transcribe it. And then you can go through and read it if you really want to. I don't think Laura should be wasting her time sitting by the radio to listen to Cyrus. I would hate for this Cyrus stuff to impede Laura so much that she is neglecting her family because she's trying to figure out what Cyrus is doing. But the other part of the plan is to use Cyrus and his connections to Pentonville to get access to a certain inmate. Now, they haven't told us who the inmate is. One can only hope it's Jerry Jacks. (laughs) But I guess we will see. Now, I did have to chuckle when Cyrus said he's going to rely on God for his safety and not the PCPD. (laughs) I thought that was a great joke in there because even Cyrus knows PCPD does not catch anybody. And if they do, they don't catch them for long. They always escape. Or sometimes they just go easy on people the way Robert Scorpio is going easy on Charlotte. He calls Laura and Valentine to the Metro Court to discuss all the events that happen. Valentine is so set on nothing is Charlotte's fault. She was manipulated by Victor. And yes, We all understand that, Valentine, but the girl still went out and did these actions. She needs to learn that no matter how justified you feel, there is still the law to abide by. Valentine then gets a moment alone with Robert, and Robert admits to him, no, Charlotte doesn't belong behind bars, but you do. Robert has never liked Valentine, and it's great. I love the traditional, like, enemy route they're going between Robert and Valentine. And, of course, this makes Valentine want to tell everything to Nina. Nina has been wild the past few weeks. Oh, my goodness. So, between Nina and Drew, head-to-head, Drew is dead set on revenge. Carly, not into it. I think we're setting Carly and Drew up for a breakup. They really don't belong together anyway. I do like the person Carly is when she's not dating a mob person, whether it's Sunny, Jason, 
Um, she was with Alcazar for a brief stint. So because of all this tension, Drew is setting Nina up to fail, trying to start her own fashion magazine. Every phone call Nina makes, somebody is ignoring her. They can't work with her. They don't have the time. She is just crushed. I'm ready for this fight. I am not a Nina fan, but I like Nina as a villain. And if she's going that route right now, it is going to make for great entertainment. And teaming up with Valentine is her best bet. They are always getting pushed together. They, are, they will make a great villain couple. I'm just going to say it. I think they should be back together. I mean, Sonny already served Nina with divorce papers. Nothing made me happier. And then Diane kind of chuckling when Nina said, you never liked me. <laughs> but Nina trying to turn it back around on Diane like she has not had a fulfilling life because what? She hasn't been married and divorced three times? I, I don't know. It was just making me laugh. And Nina almost tearing up when Diane was reading her to filth and then turning back around and being like, "Mm, nothing's bothering me. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it all. What I don't love, though, is Valentine buying the invader to then put Nina in charge. Nina and Valentine went in the elevator and they discussed how she just wants revenge on Drew and Carly. And I don't like that for Alexis. Alexis is one of my favorite characters. I just think she is so quirky and funny, and whenever she's in a serious scene, she really, really brings it. She has no quarrels about asking tough questions. She never really has. So not loving the whole Nina's going to be her boss thing. But hey, if Alexis is going to get into a fight with Nina too, I'm here for that as well. Now, speaking of Alexis... Alexis and Gregory went skydiving. They ended up kissing afterwards. However, there has been some really great chemistry between Tracy and Gregory. Now, according to the show, Gregory has limited time because of his ALS diagnosis. And this is going to be just as heartbreaking as Mike was with Alzheimer's. If they are continuing with this, It's going to be slow progressing and we're really going to see Gregory go through it. Or if the show decides that he has way too much chemistry with Tracy and Alexis, maybe he's been misdiagnosed so he could stay on the show a little bit longer. But I will say I felt bad for Tracy when she went to go find Gregory to ask him to be her escort to the wedding and Alexis jumped in with, oh, Gregory, I can be your plus one. Now, I will say I haven't exactly seen romantic vibes coming off Gregory when he's with Tracy. Uh, It seems more like a friendship or more like a frenemy situation. We know that he has a thing for Alexis. We know Alexis has a thing for him. Again, this show and the whole father and son's ordeal with the same women don't love it. Hopefully we see less of that kind of thing as the show goes on. But now we're going to have this wedding coming up between Brooklyn and Chase. I'm kind of excited for it. I mean, it's, it's nice to have another married couple on the show. Seems like everyone is always getting divorced or breaking up. Not a whole lot of married couples right now. So glad to be adding another one to the mix. I am very curious of the guest list, the size, how they're going to film it. Um, they used to have these almost entire cast encompassing events, uh, but they've been doing that less and less lately, which I can understand. I'm sure it's budget constraints and timing and blocking and all of that other fun stuff. 
but usually there's drama at weddings. So I'm hoping we do get a little bit of drama with this wedding. Wouldn't be GH without it. Now, speaking of drama, Danny gets brought home by the cops because he was drinking in the park with his friends at 14 years old. Sam was very calm about this the night it happened, and then they had a talk like the next day or something when he woke up, or maybe it was later that night. But the conversation Sam and Dante had, I just was not buying it. Okay, yes, Sam, you were wild at 14. You also had a very different and unique upbringing. I think when Sam first came on, she said she was mostly raised by her dad. Um, She had a special needs brother. And her dad taught her how to run cons at like 12 or something like that. And that was Sam's life until she landed in Port Charles. The other factor, though, is Jason Morgan is attracted to danger. Jason Quartermain was not. So why would we think that Danny or Jake would have Jason Morgan personality traits? Jason Morgan is brain damaged. Those kids would not have that personality. They would have more of the Jason Quartermain personality. Now, we can say that the kids are attracted to danger because of Jason's actions during his kid's life, but it is not a personality trait in my mind. Now, there is also the Sam factor. She says she was wild at Danny's age, but I just, I don't know if that's enough. What really is going on, Sam, is you're not paying enough attention to your kid. I'm sorry. Like, how did you not even realize he was out of the house? You live in a penthouse. It's not like he could walk out the front door. He said he climbed down the fire escape. You're telling me that you don't have security on those windows? That is Jason Morgan's old penthouse. You're telling me there's no security measures? I just was not buying it. It made more sense when we heard Jake and Liz talk about gun control and uh, how Jake hates guns and, and all. Like, that makes sense to me. And also, where is Rocco during all of this? Isn't he supposed to be the same age as Danny? There are so many kids on GH right now. I know we can't see all of them, but I feel like some of them are important. Like, if we're going to talk about Danny... We need to talk about Rocco. We need to talk about Jake. In fact, we should be seeing more scenes between Danny and Jake. I think they're only a year apart. If Jake's not driving yet, then he's either 15 or very, very newly 16, which also makes Charlotte 15 or 16. Um, But anyway, I I just think with Jason's return, we need to see his kids in the same room. I just don't think we've gotten enough of that. Maybe we will once Jason does return. Um, And if we have his kids on the opposite, like Jake is no violence, Danny is gray area, let's show Jason explaining his life to his kids and see how they react. Oh, and poor Monica. How many times does Monica have to hear that her children have died and come back to life? I mean, AJ did it. Jason's done it multiple times. Uh, She had like a daughter, I think, back in the day who I guess I can't remember if she said she died or put her up for adoption, but then she came back. Monica, I think, has had the most kids die and come back. And although we haven't seen Monica a lot, I'm really hoping we get to see her with the Jason return. I will be watching it all from the Q Mansion. You can chat with me on Twitter, 
or X at 66 underscore view, Instagram at 66 Harborview Road, and TikTok at 66 underscore Harborview Road. From the Quartermain Foyer, I bid you a great week.